Something different. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah? Um, did you have multiple Thanksgivings? You know, you start Thanksgiving and then it's the turkey that just keeps on growing and going and then sandwiches later. Anybody ever have an experience where you woke up like on a Thanksgiving and you think today's going to be like the perfect day and then it's a train wreck? Yeah? This year? Or, or, or you, you're committed that this year you're going to be more joyful and happy and then all of a sudden all the worries and chaos and shopping and people surround you and you, you, like the joy leaks. Did you know joy leaks? And you find yourself more frustrated than ever just hoping that the Christmas season would be over. Can I just get through the end of the year? Anyone? Some of you. The others of you will be honest in a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll get you. Today, um, today is one of those interesting days where we, we celebrate uh, birth, the birth of children and uh, the gift of new life uh, that God has given to so many. And, and then we, we, we also are going to celebrate baptisms in a couple minutes, which is just awesome because it's the picture of a resurrected life, Right? It's, it's the picture of someone who was dead but is now alive based on what Jesus did, and there's so much joy in that. Now, can I just be honest with you just for a second? Like, today is the kind of a Sunday that I love because of all that is in it. And then, like, I wake up on a day like today, and my mind is trying to remember the 500 things that I'm supposed to do and the order of everything, and all of a sudden, it's like joy leaks. You know what I mean? Like joy leaks, and I, and I think to myself, I don't know if I can even remember my name, let alone the name of 33 babies that are going to be in front of us all this morning, because joy leaks. And as we enter this Christmas season, we enter a season that God's intent what God wants you to experience and what he wants me to experience is, is great joy, like an overwhelming, overflowing joy. And the reality is, for, for most of us, that life tends to, to begin to pull that joy or, or suck that joy out of us. And before long, we're just ready for the season to be done. We're, we're just ready to be through right? And as a church, what we want to do is we want to slow down. Like on our Sunday mornings when we come together, we want to slow down a little bit and remember and celebrate. And we even want to smile. I know that's hard to do in church. But we want to smile. Can you smile? I mean, there's good news to be had. And uh, even if it's just for an hour while you're away from all the stuff that happens out there, like it's, it's a time just to breathe. And we all need to breathe. Now, America is, uh, it's an experiment. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And did you know that we're the most depressed people that have ever walked the planet? Did you know that? Like, depression rates are through the roof. Medication for depression is a multi-million dollar industry. Why? 
Because joy leaks. Happiness leaks. And the gift of Jesus at Christmas was, was intended to, to bring us something that the world could not take from us. And it was a gift for all people, not just a specific group of people who maybe gather on a Sunday, but it, it was a gift for all people. And yet, joy leaks in the lives that we live each and every day. Henry Nouwen, um, he put it this way, joy does not simply happen to us. I mean, there are moments that we are overcome with joy, but joy doesn't just happen to us. We have to choose joy, and we have to keep on choosing it every single day. Like, we have to choose joy. We, we have a role to play. We've been talking about this as a church uh, the last few weeks, that uh, the Spirit wants to do something in us, but we have to participate with that spirit. Do you remember us talking about that? Some of you have been around. That the, the spirit is the transforming agent that God has given us, but we have to choose to participate with that spirit within us. Uh, the biblical story is one uh, of reality and pain and challenge uh, and depression and difficulty, but it's also one of great joy. Did you know the word joy uh, is found over 150 times in the Bible? Joy found over 150 times in the Bible. And the, the command to rejoice, uh, which is the verb, so joy is both a noun and a verb, super confusing, the English language, is it not? Uh, so it's a noun 150 times, and over 200 times is it a verb for us to rejoice. It's a choice that we have to make in the midst of life. So where do you find joy? That's one of the reasons I asked that question. Now, I want you to do something uh, a little experiment. Some of you might fall asleep, but that's okay. Uh, close your eyes just for a second. Don't fall asleep yet. Uh, close your eyes and, and, and try to get your mind. Imagine the most beautiful place you've ever been. You have it? Can you get there in your mind? Are you asleep? You're still with me? Okay, a couple of you, just, uh, you can open your eyes now. Um, if the person next to you doesn't open their eyes, just nudge them just a little bit. Um, couple, just yell them out. Just give me a couple. Where? Pebble Beach. Anybody been to Pebble Beach? Pebble Be Beach, beautiful. Okay, where else? Cape, Cape Town. I love it. Cape Town, I hear, is amazing. I've never, I've never been there. What else? Ma did somebody say Maui? Someone said Maui. Oh, let's go to Hawaii. Let's just take like church trip to Hawaii. We'll call it a mission trip, write it off, whatever we need to do, right? Um, Kona, I love Kona, the big island too. And then someone said Kauai over here. And so we have some fights going on. We should visit each island just to see which one is where God resides. Okay, what else, what else did you say? Disneyland. Disneyland is a place where joy leaks very quickly from my body. Disneyland, now, some of you will hate me for saying this, Disneyland, not only joy leaks out of us at Disneyland, but money also leaks out of us at Disneyland. Like, it just keeps, okay, one more. Vermont? Zermatt? Switzerland. Switzerland. 
Zermatt. I thought, I, I thought you said Vermont, and everybody's like, no, not Vermont, but Zermatt, yes, Switzerland. The Swiss Alps, anybody been to the Swiss Alps? Oh, it's just beautiful. Now, I want you to think for a moment. That place that you have in your mind, wherever it is, and now you might be dreaming of another place because you heard someone else say something, like the most beautiful place that you've ever been, like God imagined it, he, he created it, I think it brings him joy, but he's also present there in that place. I'll never forget the first time I was in um, the Rocky Mountains. I grew up in Alabama, and we have hills in Alabama, but we don't have mountains in Alabama. Um, and I grew up going to Asheville, North Carolina, which is beautiful, the Blue Ridge Parkway. But there is nothing like uh, sitting atop a mountain in the Rockies uh, with like snow and the big trees, the aspen. I mean, it's just overwhelming. And I was in high school and I just sat down at the top of the mountain because I was so overwhelmed with beauty. It's the second most beautiful place I've ever been. The first was my wedding day when I saw my wife walking down the aisle. Oh, every now and then I try to get one in just for bonus points. Anyway, <laughs> overcome with beauty. And, and there is joy in, in those places, right? Like we, we, we experience joy in those places. There's a number of places that Scripture talks about us finding joy. Here's a little list. Creation, the birth of a child. For those of you who have, have had children, like holding children for the first time, like the joy that you experience and like after five weeks and you haven't slept, it's a little different kind of, because joy leaks, but joy in that birth of a child, a victory, there is joy in a victory when Auburn gets, uh, tricks Alabama into having 12 men on the field and ends the game right there. There's joy in a victory. Some of you knew I had to say something. Success, there's joy in success, the behavior of another person, an unexpected blessing, a friendship. There's joy in friendships. The Bible talks about us finding joy in all of these things. And God wants us to experience that. He wants us to experience joy in victories and in behaviors and in friendships. I mean, even uh, in, in the Psalms, I think, he talks about joy um, found in a glass of wine. It's interesting. Like God, in, in, in the world that he created, in the people he created, like God wants us to experience and be overcome with joy. But we know that joy does what? Joy leaks. Um, Richard Foster is an author that, uh, yeah, joy leaks. I love that. Um, he's an author that I think a lot of wisdom, theologian, and he says this, God has established a created order full of excellent and good. God has created a world full of good and excellent. And it follows naturally that as we give our attention to those things, we will be happy. And, and Richard here, I think, is interchanging happy and joy a little bit. There's some ties there. Even in Scripture, there's some ties between happiness and joy. And he goes on and he says this, that is God's appointed way to joy. If we think we will have joy only by praying and singing, we will be disillusioned. So he's, he's talking to Christians 
who at times have believed that coming in on a Sunday morning and sitting down and saying our prayers and singing our hymns or our psalms or our spiritual songs or whatever it is that we sing on a Sunday morning, that that is where joy is found. But what Richard is reminding us that is that joy is found all over the world if we will only recognize it, if we'll only pay attention to the beauty and the good and the excellent that he has surrounded us with. And he goes on and he says, but if we will fill our lives with the simple and the good things that God has given and, and, and constantly thank God for them, then we will be joyful. So this tension exists in the world in which you and I live right now, in the here, in the present, in the reality of each of our de- daily lives, there's this joy that exists because God has given us good and excellent relationships, things, experiences, but there's this tension because there is pain and difficulty and challenge and there is sickness and there are tears and there's depression and there's loneliness There's addiction, and this tension exists with all of these things. Now, joy begins at the very beginning of the Bible, and it's a thread that runs all the way through. And so just for a minute, I want to walk through a couple passages and remind us of the joy that God wants us to experience. So uh, the Christmas story, go tell it on the mountain. We just sang go tell it on the mountain just a couple minutes ago. You remember? (laughs) Memory leaks as well. Like we just sang, go tell it on the mountain. And part of that is the story of the shepherds, right, who were in the fields. Do you remember this? And what appeared in the fields to the shepherds? Angels, stars. We're going to brush up on this story as we go through. Uh, angels appeared and they said, don't be afraid. And there's this line, like a very specific line. The angel says to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to who? all people. Like this story of Jesus, the birth that we're going to celebrate over the next, you know, four weeks moving towards Christmas, like this was intended to bring great joy to who? All people. All people. Now, it's our tendency to not want all people to experience the kind of joy that we get because they don't act the same. They don't show up in the same places. They don't vote the same. And so we, we, we like to create categories of people that deserve joy, like you guys are sitting in a good place this morning. Up front, it's awesome. You guys should have the joy of God. Back there, not so sure. You sat in the back. Some of you are asleep. I, like, I don't want you to have joy, but, but, but the, the birth of Jesus, the birth, the birth of Jesus was good news for all people, all people. The people that you interact with on a daily basis that drive you crazy, God's joy is for them too. God's joy is for them too. Jesus then says this to his disciples. I have told you these things leading up to to Jesus' death and his resurrection. He he says to his disciples, they've gathered together uh, in, in the book of John. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. And then, yes, your joy will overflow. 
God gives us joy through Jesus, but that joy isn't just intended for us, but it is to overflow on the people around us. Now, just a quick question. Um, are, are you bringing joy this Christmas season as you, you know, walk the malls? Some of you go shopping on Black Friday. Did you bring joy to the people around you? As you drive Shay, do you bring joy? I'm working. I'm working on bringing joy to all people on Shay. Smile and wave and not honk and yell like I'm trying to bring joy. Like we are to overflow with joy that has been brought to us, the beauty of Christmas, Jesus. Now, Paul, uh, who wrote much of the New Testament, he writes this to a young church. He said, you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of severe suffering it brought you. Now, read that just for a second. That, that this message, this good news, this message of Jesus, this message of Christmas, that it comes from the Holy Spirit, it brings joy, we can experience it with joy, even when it, even when it brings with it severe suffering. Now, even looking around the room this morning, there are some people here today who are and have been experiencing some pretty severe suffering. Relational challenges, health issues, what looks like it's a road that will last for a very long time. And it feels like overwhelming. And yet, this, this message of Jesus is one of, of joy. Do you feel the tension in that? with the realities of life. He says it again. Uh, dear brothers and sisters. Well, this is actually uh, Jesus' brother, James. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come, consider it an opportunity for not just joy, but great joy. Are you kidding me, James? Like, really? Like, consider it great joy? Here's a little nugget of truth, I think, for us. Joy doesn't negate pain, and it doesn't negate disappointment and sadness. Joy becomes the decision to trust God and to trust that this moment, whatever this moment is, will not have the final word. Like the moment that you're in. The moment that feels like it's dark and there is no end in sight, like it's a tunnel that is everlasting. Um, joy for us in those moments, it's, it's a decision that we have, that we have the opportunity to make to trust God and to trust that this moment is not the end. Now, some of you need that message today. Some of you need to know that the suffering and the depression and the sadness and the pain and the difficulties will not have the final word in your life today. But there is something greater. It's why the Bible ends with this, this incredible promise. God will be with his people. He'll be their God. They will be his, his children. And in that day, there will be no more pain or sorrow or dying. 
There'll be no more tears. He'll wipe every tear from our eyes. That there, there is great joy to be had today, but there is great joy to be had in the future because what we're experiencing is not the end. Paul reminded us, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I'll say it again, rejoice. Like this is a choice that you have to make this Christmas season to rejoice even in the midst of the challenges and the darkness and the chaos when that joy seems to just leak, there's this hole and it just keeps leaking out like to, to continue. I'll say it again, rejoice. Like find joy in the message that it's not the end, whatever it is that you're walking through. Joy is a choice to trust, an attitude based on God's promises rather than the circumstances that currently exist in our lives. So a couple questions and we'll wrap up and we're gonna celebrate baptisms and there's a lot of joy in this, isn't there? So a couple questions for you. What rules your day? I mean, seriously, like what, what rules your day? Some of our days are ruled by a calendar. Any of you have that calendar and it's like ruling your day and like you are a slave to what's next? Some of you are ruled by what's urgent, the person who talks the loudest or whatever it is that rises up. Like what rules your day? Another way to ask that question, this, uh, am I ruled by circumstance? Am I ruled by emotion? Or am I choosing to be ruled by joy? In the midst of whatever it is that I face today, am I choosing to be ruled by joy? Like joy is gonna be the overwhelming sense of my life. It's gonna rule my day regardless of what it is that I face. It doesn't negate the pain, it doesn't take away the sadness, it doesn't like set the sickness aside, but it just says that in the midst of this, I can still choose joy because this isn't the end. This relational challenge is not the end. It's why those of you who like exercise and lift weights and run and you practice again and again, like it's not because that, what you're doing, is incredibly engaging and fun, it's because of what comes next, right? You work out because of what it's doing in you. You choose joy, not because all the circumstances are perfect, but because of what comes with that joy. You choose joy. Christmas is a call to choose joy. So there's this phrase um, in the song. So I'm going to keep repeating this as much as I can uh, this, this season. Uh, repeat the sounding joy. You know that phrase in that song? Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sound. Somebody else has to sing because I'm terrible. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. What would it be like for God's people to repeat the sounding joy over and over at Christmas? And not just talk about it, but to choose it. Even when the joy leaks, to repeat the sounding joy each and every day. I think the greatest picture of joy is the new life we experience in Jesus Christ. Because it is a joy uh, that surpasses anything we can do on our own. It's a, it's a free gift from God. And this moment is like one of my favorite moments because of what it symbolizes. Baptism is this representation. It's this outward representation. It's this symbol of a life that has died to itself and be, been raised with Christ. And we like to celebrate this big, church. And um, so 
I know every now and then we go to like golf tournaments outside of Arizona and we have these little golf claps like nice putt, that's beautiful, beautiful. But this is to be a celebration, like, like to celebrate big the, the changes that are taking place because of what Jesus has done. So can you celebrate big today? That's still a little reserved. <laughs> See, there are, gol- there, there are golf tournaments outside of Arizona, and then there's the Phoenix Open. <laughs> and the Phoenix Open, you can talk the whole time. I mean, they don't want you to, but you, I mean, you just let it out at all times. You just celebrate big. You choose joy at the Phoenix Open. Well, we have more to celebrate than some golfers with some sticks in their hands, right? Like we have new life in Christ to celebrate. And so we're going to stand and we're going to sing some worship songs and, and we're going to baptize and we are going to rejoice and celebrate because, because there is joy in salvation that's found in Jesus Christ. So would you stand with me? Father God, we, uh, we celebrate today. Uh, we choose joy because of Jesus. We celebrate that there is new life because of Jesus. We celebrate that whatever it is we're facing, the challenges, the depression, the isolation, the difficulties, the sickness, the brokenness, uh, we celebrate, we choose joy in those moments because we know it is not the end. We turn back to you today, God, and we celebrate the new life you have. In Jesus' name, amen.